You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. for Monday, December 5th. It's a game day, and uh, we're here for you on Lockdown Mavericks, a uh, 15 to 25, sometimes occasionally 30 minutes if we get out of hand, version of a uh, little segment for you to digest on your on your walk, while you're walking your dog, while you're avoiding your kids, while you're pretending to do some, uh, some work in your office. We're here for you every single day. My name is Mike Marshall. Uh, my co-host, uh, today and basically every day is uh, Jacob Kemp at not Jack Kemp on Twitter, and you can hear him Monday through Friday on Bad Radio on Sports Radio 13 to the Ticket and Sundays 8 to 11 on the Shake Joint. Jacob, how you feeling today, bro? We beat the brakes off Rondo so bad they had to suspend him. They <laughs> <laughs> beat you so bad they took your house. <laughs> Listen, man, when you're when you're four and fifteen, you start looking for petty wins. Oh, absolutely. That's all <laughs> I look for. I'm looking to I'm looking to to I'm looking to stew uh, stir the pot a little bit over here and uh, just piss off people who have had past transgressions against the Mavericks and uh, coming it for you Rondo coming right. for you DeAndre that's right I think we're gonna like, go play a rec league game at Lamar Odom's hospital and just uh, <laughs> dra- just drag just, him up and down the floor <laughs> just zombie Lamar Odom yeah hey that, well, they, uh, that was a at some point. We need to have a Wes Matthews conversation, and this is not the day, but Probably he not. is, like, really playing well. No, he's playing great, dude. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't updated the stats, but he was shooting, like, 48% from three for a really long stretch there, and it might have – I haven't looked at the box score from Saturday night, but it might have been even better Saturday night. Oh, but yeah, he's, it was. I mean, he was he was on fire. Yeah, uh, he's he's been nuts. He went 7 of 11 Saturday night. Damn. He's at 37% from three on the season. And that's the whole season. So if you just right. want to take, I mean, that's that number is fine. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's definitely livable. Uh, let's see. If you just go back to the last, B ref is loading. Um, <laughs> the last ten games, he's shooting forty five point two percent from three. Damn. And averaging eighteen three and two. I mean, that's that's what you're that's what you're hoping for. Um, but you anyways. can win. You can win with that. Yeah, and and probably the conversation about him has more to do than anything with um, is he have more value to you or to another team. But yeah, we can do that another day. Um, yeah. So yeah, appreciate you listening to Lockdown Mavericks. Subscribe. Listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, you know, I I really like going to basketball games, but the problem is, is it's just a huge pain in the butt to buy tickets, Mike. I know. I've been through this uh, so many times up until about, uh, I'd say, last year. There's got to be a better way. There must be. There must. Someone's gone through this before, right? I feel like what I'm doing right now is the part of the commercial that, where I'm all in bla- uh, gray and black. And like, I'm like, <laughs> ah, I'm like, I'm B-roll right now. Like, ah, this is just yeah. untenable. You are, and then you color, are B- you're B-rolling right now. Color flushes the screen, and it's you. And then, and then maybe, like, the frame cracks or something. <laughs> Like That's so, right. you so you know it's just not working in case you didn't already know. That's right. And then it jumps over to the next one. And there's a before and after photo. But uh, yeah, it used to be, used to been 
uh, it was really tough to get tickets, and you would waste a lot of time, you know, surfing around the internet more than you already do, um, trying to find the best deal. But someone came along, and that someone's name is SeatGeek, and they put all the tickets in one spot for you, uh, so you can even track an event if you want to wait until the dollar figure gets to an amount you're comfortable with. Uh, you can do that, but they're all in one spot for you. They're all graded. The green would be good, as in every other section of your life. Uh, it's applicable applicable here as well. Red would be a bad value ticket. You but can you, you, you can seat. buy those too if you want. You can. Like it's I did for the TCU. I did for the TCU game. That's right. Like they were they were eight dollar tickets, and I was like, no, no, no. What are these fourteen dollar tickets down here? Right. What are these? What's this about? Um, yeah. What, what What's this life like? And, uh, yeah, so they'll grade them for you if you're a moron and you can't do uh, critical thinking and figure out good-valued seats. They take care of that for you. And uh, you can get out to see uh, Lions at Cowboys December 26th. You can get tickets to the Cotton Bowl January 2nd. They're already selling Bruno Mars for next October if you just can't wait. If you want to give yourself a little uh, Halloween treat for next year that you're completely going to forget about until they pop up in your inbox next October, go ahead and get ahead of that. Or you can go to the Mavs game tonight. And uh, watch uh, the Kimball Walker show. Um, but uh, what we can do for you, specifically on Locked On Mavericks, is get you 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase using the uh, SeatGeek app on your iPhone or your Android or whatever the hell else uh, exists out there. And you can do that using the promo code LOMAVS, as in Locked On Mavs. Hit the Me tab. Little bar says enter promo code. Simple as that. Throw it in there. 20 bucks off the top. They'll give you a rebates either to your Venmo, or they'll uh, mail you an old-fashioned check if you're that way. And uh, there you go. SeatGeek's awesome. We, uh, we're we brought to you by them, and uh, we appreciate them supporting podcasts in general. I use and it a our, lot. No lie. Yeah, I use I've it used it a ton. A lot. And All right. They, 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 uh, they, I guess, like us and like our podcast. So um, let's get to uh, what we need to get to today. It is a game day. There are the, uh, the Hornets are in town, but um, Saturday – we all had a little uh, a little scare because I know during morning shoot around the uh, the beat reporters said that Rick had gotten tired of it might have been Friday actually I don't know but Rick the great uh, Richard Carlisle uh, got tired of everyone asking about Dirk when's Dirk gonna play is he day to day what does day to day mean is he out the next two games is he out the next four what is it um, because he's old and he has an Achilles injury and they take a long time to heal and they don't, they don't operate on your timetable whenever you're 38 years old. You're going to have Achilles problems if you try and uh, continue to be athletic into your late 30s. And it just became a thing. And Rick basically said, don't ask about it anymore. And so Saturday, prior to the game, um, I don't know if it was from like Scott or uh, – or one of the people from the team, but they basically sent out, Dirk will be speaking after the game uh, to the media if you want to hang around. And we all kind of go, row um, what is this about? And so I texted the appropriate parties and said, uh, my guy's not checking out tonight, is he? And uh, no, he wasn't. Um, so I, I didn't have any worry whenever I went into it, but I'm sure a lot of people had some uh, – had some doubts and some fears of their own, but it was just basically an injury update. And he's saying, I'll be back whenever I'm back. Um, I I want to play right now. I'm all in, was his exact quote. I want to play. Um, and he says, this is obviously not a career-ending injury. 
it's something that just keeps lingering, unfortunately, and hopefully can get over it. There's still a lot of season left. December just started. We know that there's a lot of games coming, so hopefully sometime soon I'll be out there and then stay out there. I don't want to jump in and out of the lineup with soreness or, uh, or fight this whole year. I'd love to be healthy and stay out there once I go. Totally normal. Uh, I'm sure he's been frustrated with it. This is the first, uh, outside of the knee thing, the first legit long-term injury he's had uh, in his career. And um, I guess that was kind of good to hear that he's all in for, you know, this rest of the season whenever he gets back and next season because there were there is a lot of questions um, about the team and about him going forward. So it's good to hear from him, but I guess what are your thoughts on when he should come back? Is he going to come back this season, and what's best for, I guess, the Mavericks? It's super complicated because they need, like, uh, lifeblood. They need a top-five pick, and they're not going to make the playoffs this year. There's no chance. And so I want him to play again, and I want him to, when he does play again, be as healthy as he possibly can. And so to me – I would be fine if he took, like, the next 30 games off. Yeah. Like, 20 to 30 games. He comes back for, like, the last – what would that leave you? Another 20 or 30, 25 uh-huh. or 30 games. Finishes out the last month and a half of this or two months of the season. And then, basically, it looks good. Gives us some reason for optimism. And then mm-hmm. they take another swing with, you know, B-level free agents this offseason. And they draft, a, you know, an elite talent. Or, as we'll get to in a minute, maybe trade the pick for a guy who can help right now. And then take another run at it next year. I don't think he's retiring this offseason. Um, so, to me, I think that they're in a rare case where they kind of have been blessed with the ability to give him as much time to recover as he needs. And that's what they should do. Yeah. No. Two, two things um, that you said that are uh, very on point. The, the injury bug that has uh, fallen upon this team this year has actually been perfect for the circumstances uh, because it's taken it out of their hands, um, the option of quote-unquote taking or um, you know any kind of choice that was left in it. There's not a choice right now. You're just bad because the team you built isn't out there. Um, so if you're going to tank – and if you're going to have a really bad season, this is probably the way to do it and not let losing creep into your culture. And you have a perfect excuse. And the other thing is if Dirk, he'll probably come back, I would say, and play somewhere around 30 games, maybe north of 30. It's important for him to come back and for him to play well whenever he is back. That's right. To assure, to assure free agents uh, this offseason that he's still there. And to convince himself that he wants to play again next year. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of it as well. And I think he's locked in no matter what, and he might gut through it. Dude, if he, dude starts he, to, if he starts to suck, he will, he will retire. Yeah. I think, no, I don't, he does, does not have it in him to be like Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Or like no. even Kobe, you know, like at the end mm-hmm. where it's just like, look, man, you're a shell right. of your former self. And his, def- his defensive prowess is, was never great, but it's gone. But he can still roast people uh, by getting his own shots. And – if he loses that ability, then I think he will retire. But I also yeah. don't think that that's gone. I don't think I think he can come back, play for a month and a half, score twenty a night, and uh, that'll be the you know that'll be what we kind of carry into next season. Yeah, and um, I fully expect him to. You know, I don't think I don't think he's hit the uh, the seawall or the uh, the shelf on the bottom of the ocean where it just drops off. Um, 
quite yet. And I think I think he will be. I think he'll be normal Dirk whenever he comes back. It's just going to take a really damn long time. And um, it's it, I'm kind of fine with it. I'm I've, I'm becoming more comfortable with this season and how it'll be remembered and how they move forward. Um, I was having a really co- rough couple of weeks there whenever everybody started getting hurt um, because you just don't know what the future is. But now that the road is kind of uh, it's paved for you, you know you know how to go forward. You know what your choices are. They've already been made for you um, because of the the high percentage of your roster that has hit uh, long term injury status. So I'm I'm comfortable with this Maverick season right now, and I can watch it knowing um, that I'm looking for things to build on, and maybe at some points give more of my attention to trades give more of my attention to um, the draft and guys we can build build the team up through that. And that kind of brings us to what I stumbled upon this morning while I was uh, prepping for the radio show. Um, Fox Sports has an article up uh, by Michael Bronson about the Nerlens no- Noel situation in Philadelphia and how the Mavericks might could get involved and, uh, and how they should get involved. And I think we both agree that I wouldn't give our straight-up first-round pick for Nerlens at this moment because it's going to be a top-four pick. Well, let me tell you why I wouldn't, and it's not because of the player, and it's not even because of his injury history. It's because I have been like I'm the beaten dog who, when I see the broom, freaks out. Uh, He's unrestricted in a year and a half. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. That's really all it comes down to for me. If he had just signed, even even if he had just signed like a five, I mean, he hasn't played enough to get like a, you know what, that's interesting. Let's say right now he goes mm-hmm. to free agency. What do you think he gets? Like they let him walk, which I don't think is going to happen. But, you know, they either, someone puts a tender on him in restricted free agency. What do you think he commands? Because he hasn't really played much, but when he has played, like he was really coming along last year. Yeah, no, his, I mean, last year he was, let's see, 11 points, 8 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks a game, and under 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, and, dude, he can play 35 minutes a night. And yeah. if he does, he is going to be a 15 and, tw- I think, a 15 and 12 guy for his career. Yeah, and, and it's... he's 21. And he's not, a foul, he's not a fouling machine either, which is, which is good. Under 3 fouls per those 30 minutes, so he's not taking himself out of games. They're just limiting him because... They kind of wanted to suck, <laughs> and he's often injured. So it's a totally different kind of uh, – and he's 22 years old. <laughs> he turned 22 in April. And if he hits the open market, man, I'd, I don't even know if the dollar figure is what perplexes me yeah. on, a deal, on a deal like this because I think it would probably end up being somewhere between, I don't know, 15 and 20. I think a team would be fine. 18 pops in my head for whatever reason. Um. But I think a team would really, really want to, if they're not pressed into making him the sweetest offer possible, if you're just going out there and say, what would I be comfortable with? What do I think he would accept? Maybe a two plus one at yeah. 18, 18 a year? I would do that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so would I. If I could get and, out of that in a third year if he's not playing much yeah. or if he's if he just ends up like having degenerative health mm-hmm. issues, then... But I would be very suspect of giving him 
five for 75, even though I think that that dollar amount I'm fine with. Mm -hmm. That is just... The length is... Yeah. (laughs) That's... If he has another, like, major problem that that lingers into, like, two seasons, and you're, you know, you're just going to look at him over on the bench and just see... $15 $15 million for the next four years written all over his face. I mean, and Tristan Thompson got five for 82. He's 25. I think mm-hmm. that the only, Tristan Thompson is not as, as, to me, does not have the upside Nerlens Noel does. No, because, not the upside. <clears throat> and, you know, he's played more. But I think mm-hmm. if that kind of lets you know roughly the type of deal you'd be looking at. But if you could get it for for two and one, then I'd be all over it. And that is, of course, part of the conversation about the trade is mm-hmm. – do I really want to give up a guy, the idea of a guy that could be on a rookie deal for four or five years for a guy who might walk one season into him being here? Yeah, and if you, and if you do do the trade, if it's a straight-up trade um, to acquire his rights, you're kind of locked into re-signing him. You're, yeah, when he hits restricted free agency, you're basically matching anything that gets offered. And so yes. the terms of the agreement will not be in your hands exactly exactly you're you (laughs) you just have to bite down really hard and swallow and go all right i've invested this this pick or this possibility of a pick which is the other um side of this i wouldn't give the first right now because i assume it's going to be a top three pick even if dirt comes back and plays 30 games and i'd like the top of this draft more than I think I like Nerlens Noel. Like, I'd love to know where, like, Nerlens would slide into this draft. You know what I mean? Um, and mm, I think – I mean, with the dearth of big men, I think he'd be up there, dude. I think he'd be a top five pick. I think he'd be five. I think he'd be about five Yeah, is where I think he would end up. Yeah. I think I think Jackson, I think uh, Fultz will probably go higher. I and think Dennis Smith and Lonzo Ball yeah. would so probably all slide in. Yeah, above him. And so if – now we get to talking about protections – on a pick because you can make it work what they you know uh the the transaction that they push forward uh michael bronson does in this fox sports article is sending them bogut and a first round pick for nerlands but how do you protect that pick and i think man if it was just it was if it was just top five that's like right at the line for me Top three protected, I don't know if I'd do that. I'd probably need top five. If you go top five protected pick, so if the Mavericks finish with one of the fifth fifth best uh, or worst record in the league and the lotto is kind to them, then they keep their pick, they get Nerlens back, and it bumps to the next year, and then you start getting into protections down the road, which can just get, you know, make your brain cramp. Um, but what's... What's what's the cutoff line for you in terms of protections on a pick that you would send to Philadelphia for Nerlens that you'd be comfortable with? Well, I think what you kind of have to do is you have to think to yourself, if you add him to this team right now mm-hmm. and you let's say that it is top three protected and they get uh, they end up with the third overall pick and they take Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. Is the team next year with Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews, Lonzo Ball, who does look fairly NBA-ready to me, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more so than even Fultz, and Noel, uh, you know, along with Dirk and maybe Berea coming off the bench, Anderson, Powell, whatever. Is that team – how good is that team? Because I still mm-hmm. think that team's a lottery team. 
So yeah, probably. You're probably still going to end up with like the sixth or seventh pick next year. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the year after that they could be they could potentially be pretty good. Yeah. But in that scenario, you would get your pick this year, and you would basically just be sending them next year's pick that yeah. is still going to be pretty high. Like, I don't think mm. the 76ers are making that deal thinking like, oh, you know, this team of guys that I just named is going to win 43 games next year, and they're going to end up, out, you know, with the 18th pick basically for Noel. Right. I think the Mavericks' next 24-month uh, pro- projection is bad enough that they could say this is a top-three protected pick – and the Sixers would still be end up would still end up getting pretty good value. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think mean, three is the line for me. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember it's a it's it's a trade. It's not a heist. Um, you're not going to be able to tell them that I want it top ten protected this year and next year. You have to give up something. Yeah. To get a guy with that much upside and uh, at that age, and who's going to be you know relatively cheap. Uh, until the new contract is up, so I think I think if you do five this year, um, and maybe drop it down to a three next year, um, just in case everything does fall out the bottom next year, and you have a top three pick again or something like that, um, and I think Philadelphia would be probably smart to do that. Now the other part of it that uh, of their idea of uh, Michael Bronson's idea was sending Bogut so that he can be waived. That's the only way that works. I, you couldn't just send Bogut to the 76ers because he picked Dallas. Like right. <laughs> That would be doing him pretty dirty uh, to sell him on the idea of the Mavs and then, you know, two, three months into the season be like, well, <laughs> sorry, pal. Uh, bye. You're in Philadelphia now. But there has to be – I know you probably can't do like a written agreement, but, uh, you know, just a verbal nod that I'm going to send you here. You get bought out. You get to sign with whoever you want now. Right. You get to continue your career, you know, play uh, out the rest of your contract year. I mean, he's gone um, no matter what. He's not he is, going for to be sure. here at the end of the year. Yeah, he has no spot here. He doesn't have a locker here um, whenever, you know, April rolls around or whatever. Um, so, anyway, I thought it was an interesting conversation to kick around. So, in that scenario, the Mavericks would still, like in your, like let's say it's top five this year, the Mavericks would still, let's say they end up three, they get that pick. Then mm-hmm. next year they end up with – it's got a top five protection and they end up with like the seventh overall pick. They would convey it then. Yep, that and would go to Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Mavericks are in a rare spot where they actually have some flexibility to pull something like this off because there really aren't that many teams that are bad enough to have a high enough pick to acquire Nerlens who would want to add yep. him right now. Like, right. look at the rest of the – like, just look at the standings and tell me who else is sending them a pick like that that would actually care enough – to acquire him. I mean, yeah. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. They don't even have theirs. That's right. They don't. You're right. Uh, Washington. Boston is, has it. Washington's not in that spot. Mm-hmm. Now, that Boston is an interesting idea because yeah. they are so flush with assets and they've got that Brooklyn pick that that is the one team that I could see having organizational need for a big. They have way too many wings and guards. They 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 cannot continue to play Olenek at center. Uh, yep. I mean, I know they play Al, but that's not a long term solution. You could see Boston adding, or, you know, sending a sweeter deal than Dallas could, and immediately they would be much better off. Like, I mean, you yeah. think about adding him to that team with the way they play defense on the perimeter. That's about the only other team I can imagine, because Phoenix has too many bigs. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, kind of. They still play Tyson, but Alex Lynn has fallen seemingly way out of the rotation. Right. Uh, he doesn't really fit with Minnesota. Um, no. If they're going to try to, you know, they just signed Gorgie and they're going to, they still play Cat uh, at the five sum. It's there's really not a, a lot of other fits out there that make sense, you know. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And even Boston to me isn't necessarily a fit uh, on the court. I think it would be like end game. Like I think that'd probably be a smart move. But looking at the dudes that they've been trying to acquire, like they're done team building. They just want to get a veteran dude uh, in there that's a badass. Like they did Horford this off season. Yeah. And I think I think they're gonna try to. Um, I think their goal, honestly is to maybe package Jalen Brown in this year's pick and go get somebody that's super dynamic, uh, whether it's off the wing or at the four or at the center. Like, they have, they have flexibility now as well. I mean, you've heard the Cousins stuff forever. Yeah, Cousins, and then, like, someone like John Wall is super interesting. Um, I mean, with those with Jalen Brown, a the uh, Nets pick, and then if you even want to sweeten that with some other player, dude, that's a nice haul. Yeah to send to a team like you can change a team's like entire structure and maybe get something back that is an immediate impact for them. Cause I think they're, I think they're tired of waiting. Yeah. I don't think they want uh, another, I don't think they want Nerlens to, uh, to develop and Dallas is in a different situation, obviously. Um, the idea of having Noel Barnes in even like 32 year old Wes Matthews, if you're not leaning on him a lot and he's just a shooter to go along with a point guard that can defend Mm-hmm. And is you know a scorer? I mean, to yep. me, those both those guys seem like complete two way players. Actually, really, all three of them. So, yeah. if you're talking about that, adding in Noel, who to me is just like young Tyson Chandler ability, mm-hmm. and Barnes being able to play the four because he'll have some help on the in the middle with Noel and on the wing with Matthews, and then now you're a two guard away from like a pretty badass starting five. Dude, that's that's a jump start. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot that's a lot of juice on a rebuild. Yeah, and I would be fine with just not having a pick the next year because I don't really know if I would want that guy to play. Well, like, I mean, if you have that much young talent, like you start attracting people at that point. Like free agents will start looking at you. Yeah. Uh in a different light. If you have Harrison Barnes, let's say Lonzo Ball, Nerlens Noel, uh you still have Dirk and you have Wes Matthews. Like that's that's a pretty attractive landing spot for a you know a B plus caliber free agent yeah uh, to slide in there and dude that would just they would honestly they would quantum leap like their rebuilding process if they pulled something like this off and somehow kept you know their top five pick yeah I think that would be just a shortcut straight to get, get to the end boss type stuff but um all right there you go there's a uh, Something interesting to kick around in your head while you watch the Mavericks basketball uh, tonight, hosting the Charlotte Hornets at 7.30 p.m. on Fox Sports Southwest. And I will be on the uh, the postgame call. That's right. With, I'm uh, off today. With, you are. This is your off day. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for hopping on your off day. Hey. Um, I figured you I, – I know you're in a jacuzzi right now, but I thought you would be <laughs> – I, th- I thought you would just be blasted drunk in a jacuzzi no, uh, no, no. by one thirty today. But, uh, 2.30. Yeah. <laughs> 2.30. Uh, but, yeah, listen to the postgame show if, you, uh, if you're interested. Uh, be me and Brian Damaris and follow at some point after the Hornets game tonight. And then uh, Wednesday night they host the Kangs as we get this uh, 8 of 10 at home little stretch. Um, all right, Jacob, thank you for your time. Good times, man. I'll see you. All right.